On this episode, you will learn how to move in the most powerful force in the universe and how to receive the best that God has to offer. The secret of the highly blessed of God. Stay tuned. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited to talk about love on this episode, the most powerful force in the universe. First John 4.16 says, God is love. He does not have love. He is love. And there is no stronger force than love. Therefore, when we walk in God's love, we are as powerful as we can be. And God has special rewards for his lovers. Now, God's love is on a much higher level than the love of the world, and you're going to be able to see the difference on this episode. But first, let's look at the rewards that God has for those who love like him. I'm in James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Notice, it's the crown to them that love him. If you have a crown of life from God, he has elevated you and crowned you in a way that all know that you are blessed of God. Job had this crown and he was the most wealthiest man in the land. David had this crown as he was made king over God's people. Now let's listen to Proverbs 821 says that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. Again, it says that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. The lover will inherit substance. Solomon wrote this proverb and he was a lover of God and God made him the wealthiest king to ever live. Now let's go to Psalms 91, verse 14 through 16. Again, this is God talking. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. We see here that the lover will be satisfied with long life, will be delivered from every challenge and set on high, will be honored and will be answered when he calls upon God and will be shown God's mighty plan of salvation. Now, God is such a wonderful father that he has awesome blessings for all in his kingdom. However, he has built the kingdom with exceedingly abundantly above blessings for those who will mature to love like him. 
In Ephesians 5.1, we are told to imitate God. If God is love, the greatest place we can imitate him is to love like him. Now, to understand how to love God like he loves us, we have to understand his love. And as I said, his love is much higher than the love of this world. Let's see it. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world, not the church, the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. When God gave his son for the world, we were sinners and we were his enemy because we were children of the fallen angel Satan. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You see, the love of the world will have you give your life or your children's life if it meant saving their life, but God's love will do it for the neighbor's children who've been beating up your children every day because God's love dies even for their enemies. Now we're going to go and look at Jesus and what he said about this love, how we love God. And also we're going to look at the example that he said. I'm in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you, this is Jesus talking. If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And in the New Testament, there are only two commandments that we're under. The first commandment is to believe on Jesus Christ. When we do that, we're in the kingdom of God and able to be blessed by God. But the other commandment has to do with loving like God, growing up to love God back like he loves us. And when we do, greater blessings will follow. Listen to John chapter 13, verses 31 to 35, as Jesus now is going to tell us what this new commandment is. Verse 31 says, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. I want you to notice, we're going to get further into this, but I want you to know how they're going to know that you're a disciple of Jesus. He said it's going to be by this love, not by the miracles you do, not by all. He said, they're going to know you love me because of this love. So the new commandment is to love like Jesus. Now we're going to go to John chapter 15 to get a better picture of how did Jesus love? What is this new commandment? I'm in John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. So we know that Jesus laid down his life for us. He died for us. He put our lives ahead of his own life. This new commandment is where we're putting what God would have us to do for people ahead of our own selfish desires that conflict with what his will is for us to do for people. 
Now, this does not mean that we don't have our own desires. Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What the new commandment means is this, that if you have a desire that conflicts with what God would have you to do for people, you lay it down. In other words, you lay, that's what's laying down your life. You're really laying down your will to do the will of God. Now, we can see this with Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26 to 36. Now, this is shortly before Jesus is going to the cross. I'm in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46. Here's what it says. Then comes Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto his disciples, sit you here while I go and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Terry, you here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now, notice that Jesus is talking about his will. He said, not as I will, but as you will. So there's a conflict here. We're going to continue in verse 40. And he comes unto the disciples and finds them asleep and said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed the same prayer. O Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he comes to his disciples and said unto them, sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Behold, he is at hand that betrays me. Now I want you to notice there was a conflict here with, with God's will, which was him to go to the cross and Jesus in the garden. I believe what the conflict had to do with was Jesus is finally realizing that he's about to be separated from the father. He came to the earth to die for men. He knew that. But now I think he's right at the door realizing, wait a minute, I'm about to be separated from my father. So he says to his father, father, if there's another way we could do this. Can we do this another way? And after three times of praying this way, he realized that there was no other way, that the father's will was for him to die for mankind. So he abandoned completely what he wanted and he went with the will of God which is what he came to the earth to do. What Jesus was designed here was in conflict with what God wanted him to do for people. So he laid his will down. This is what we are to do. If we desire something that is in conflict with what the Lord wants us to do, what Holy Spirit is letting us and telling us to do, then we lay it down. Let me give you an example of this. I kind of stumbled on this in Mexico many years ago when I was playing baseball. I had uh, played in the playoffs in, with this team in Mexico, professional baseball, and our team did not make the playoffs. And the teams that did make the playoffs had an opportunity to choose two players from the losing team. And I, it was two days before the playoffs was going to begin. So I was about to pray this selfish prayer. Father, I desire to have a job in the playoffs and so in the name of Jesus, I claim this job. I want to go home first and spend two days with my family and then come back and have the job. 
And something on the inside of me told me, don't pray that prayer, Harold. So instead of doing that, I said, Lord, um, I'd like to go home and see my family for a couple of days. But what do you want me to do? Immediately, I heard him speak up. And he said, I have something for you to do those two days. And I said, Lord, well, you know, I've been doing this. I've been ministering to people here. What is it that you have me to do? Right when I said that, I'm telling you, right after I said that, I heard a knock on the door. And it was a coach that had came, that had coming over to the hotel, bringing people for me to minister to. And here's what he said. He said, this pastor heard that you were here and he has this engagement at his church this one night. And he has another engagement the next night at a hotel. He wants you to minister those two nights. Isn't that something? I'm telling you, the answer came right away. And so long story short, I went and I did what the Lord wanted me to do. I ministered those two nights. And at the end of that, I said, Lord, I sure would like to have a job on one of these teams. Again, he spoke up immediately. He said, you were faithful to do what I asked you to do. The job is yours. Shortly after that, I got a call from the team that I heard was the best team to play on in the Winter League. And that team advanced me more money than I actually earned. And they didn't ask for me to give it back. Now, exceedingly abundantly above, God will do when we will love and put his will ahead of our own selfish desires when they conflict with something that he wants us to do. Now, we are to grow into this love. We don't start off at this level of love. But as we are developing our relationship with God, Holy Spirit will lead us to become lovers like the Godhead. You know, an example that you don't just get here overnight is Peter. Peter had to grow into this love. I want to go to John chapter 13, verses 36 to 38. This is uh, uh, Jesus right before he's getting ready to go to the cross. Simon, Simon Peter says unto him, Lord, where are you going? Now, Jesus is about to go and lay down his life, and he's about to do it without a fight. He's going to die and just give his life up. Jesus answered him, where I go, You cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. Now, what Jesus is telling him, you're not going to be able to lay your life down now like this, but you will eventually. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Truly, truly, I say unto you, the cock shall not crow till you have denied me three times. You see, Here's what was happening here. Jesus was going to lay down his life without a fight. Peter, on the other hand, was only willing to fight to the death for Jesus. Now, we know this by the fact that Peter pulled out his sword when they came to take Jesus and he cut off one of the uh, uh, servants' ears that came. One of the people that came to take Jesus, he cut off their ear and Jesus put it back on. Eventually, he ended up denying Jesus three times, just like Jesus said. But later, after Jesus had risen from the dead, he came to Peter and basically said, you will grow into this love and you will die just like me without a fight. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about. After Jesus had risen from the dead, I'm in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said unto him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said unto him, feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said unto him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said unto him, feed my sheep. He said 
unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now, I want you to realize this is not accidental that Jesus is asking him three times because Peter denied Jesus three times. So he's tying that denial to this love. I'll continue. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, do you love me? He said unto him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say unto you, when you were young, you girded yourself and you walk where you wanted to go. But when you shall be old, you shall stretch forth your hand and another shall gird you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit shall gird you and carry you where you would not go. Then it says in verse 19, this Jesus spoke, signifying by what death he, Peter, should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. Now, history tells us that Peter died on a cross upside down without a fight. He laid down his life just like Jesus. Now, the new commandment is not for us all to die like this. This was God's will for Jesus, and it was God's will for Peter. The commandment is to love people and do the will of God for people. And if you desire something that is in conflict with what God would have you to do for people, you lay it down. Now, you may say, you know, I could see, you know, why Jesus died on the cross, because we couldn't believe in coming to the kingdom unless he did that. But Peter dying didn't save anybody. Well, let's, let me tell you this story. Many decades ago in uh, Korea, they were killing Christians. And they came upon one pastor and his family, and they dug a hole, and they were going to bury him, his wife, and several of his children unless he denounced Jesus Christ and he denounced his faith that he was teaching the people. And so they dug the hole, they put the family in the hole, and they gave him one last chance. They said, we'll let you live, but you got to denounce this. And right then his kids start said, daddy, 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 do it for us, daddy, do it for us, daddy. And so he's looking at his children and he says, he gets ready to say, okay, okay, okay. And then his, his wife nudges him and says, no, daddy. And then she said to the children, be quiet, children. And she said, daddy, we're going to be with the King of Kings today. We're going to be with the Lord of Lords today. And they started singing. She started singing first. And then the husband started singing. Then the children started singing. And they sung until they couldn't sing anymore, until they had buried them alive. Now, you say, well, what became of that? Well, the pastor that I heard tell this story, who has a, built the largest church in Korea, said that everybody, and it was a, quite a few people, that saw this, these people buried alive. He said everybody that saw that became Christians, and many of them were a part of his church. Again, we're not all called to lay down our life like this in death, but we are called to grow in love and put blessing people first. We're here to impact people for God. And when we put love first, God rewards us in the process. Let me give you another story. Many years ago, uh, I uh, had been in financial problems and all kinds of issues were happening and we came out of it and now we're making money. We're living in a nice house, driving a nice car and seemed like my wife still had an attitude and I got out of love. And when I did, the money dried up. So I was out of town, you know, several months later and uh, I didn't know what was going on. And I heard the Lord say, 
you have to love her anyway. And I knew what he was talking about. He's talking about my wife. And I, and here's what he said to me. He said, I, I'm going to bless you to a measure if you don't. But if you want my best, then I need you to love her. And I said, Lord, I want your best. And so I said, yeah, I'll do it. I go back in town. Now, remember, the money's dried up. I go back in town. The very first phone call that I made, I was raised in venture capital, earned me $20,000, the first phone call. Two weeks later, this man called in, and that meant another $20,000 to me. Within 90 days, God put over $100,000 into my hands. God has greater blessings for the lover. And there are benefits to us inwardly as well. Listen to this, 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. Listen to this. There is no fear in love. Perfect love cast out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. You see, fear is selfish. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to mine? But when we mature in love and we're close enough to hear Holy Spirit to give us the direction, to which way we're to go, and all hell now begins to break loose against us, hell can't get us in fear because we are in love. So you keep going forward through whatever Satan puts in your way because you know on the other side are lives being changed for good. God is about people, and sometimes he will lead us in a way that's difficult for us because he has people in mind. Your testimony on the other side of the challenge will encourage others that may be going through the same challenges. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which, which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your mind. What was the joy that Jesus saw going through such a painful death? you and I. He saw you and I on the other side of the pain he went through. Do you not know that you can be the very one that changes your whole family and generations following? Because you're willing to endure poverty and lack and learn God's principles and endure everything that Satan brought against you, and now wealth will never leave your family for generations. The lovers of the Bible did this. Abraham, Joseph, David, Solomon. Why not you? You have the same God that they did. Love your way to another level with God. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. His only limits are what you put on him with unbelief. With him, you have no limits. Final scripture, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The fuel for enduring with patience is love. And as one of God's lovers, 
the end is you will want for nothing. What a life is available to us. It's available for he who will love like God. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.